on last week's Irrevelations. What's the funnest way, funnest thing you can do with numbers? I would say count people. What about you? Despite them being ginormous army, that these guys are a bunch of p***s. Please let us look at your butt, oh God. As all the other tribes get the easy job of fighting and dying in wars, the Levites, the real heroes, have to maintain a tent. By the way, don't worry. Remember how you guys were living in the greatest city known to man? No more of that sh. Now you get to live in the desert and fight over water. You're welcome. I think we should abolish Planned Parenthood and make every preacher in America get certified to conduct abortion. Two jacked, oiled-up college kids could probably do most of this. I feel like you're not going to get any work done with them. The only reason you would think your wife is cheating on you is if your wife is cheating on you, bro. And you're like, yeah. I almost made no notes in this chapter personally because I didn't see anything worth saying. Before we turn to the world, I would like to I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. I'm pretty sure they have Wi-Fi in space. No. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. No, you can't. What, you because think, remember you when... think radio waves don't travel in space? You fuck. Nope. No. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> what are they travel? What are they swimming? I just realized that this is a dumb waves? conversation because space isn't real. I don't know why. I'm, like, I'm just saying. All those wa- NASA photos are faked anyway. Radio is what? Waves. Waves right. work in right. what? Water. We have water in our atmosphere. That's why waves work. Right. There isn't water in space. Right. For the waves. Right. You're right. But let me tell you something, uh, speaking of, um, and this is going to kind of tie us into the Bible here just for a second. Uh, the other day a guy broke into our house, right? Like while we were awake, he thought we weren't home. Wait, wait, wait. Is this a real story? What are we talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Aries runs out and starts barking at this dude. Like he's like casing or something. Aries is barking at the guy. And as Aries is barking, Aries the dude's face. For yeah. My dog, not the God of war, the literal I mean, God of it war. It could be your like chihuahua or uh, it could be your pet so, chameleon. So Aries is just, you know, hollering up a storm and the dude's face melts off and his eyes bulge out of his eye sockets and he kind of goes, turns into a puddle. And so obviously I take Aries to a priest to like see what's wrong. And he's like, well, unfortunately, Grant, it appears that your dog has the bark of the covenant. <laughs> well, I thought of that one a minute <laughs> and I was like, that's the perfect way to open the podcast is it's because it's a joke, but it also has kind of a Bible tie in and that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> save it for your type five. <laughs> oh, I, I already put it in there. Oh man. All My right. sizzle reel. All right. Great. Uh, so do we want to do an actual start or are we just sticking with uh, your horse? Dick? I liked that. I like that joke. All Dude, right, do you know right. what, I'm gonna be did you see what Pope Benedict said? <laughs> yeah, I did see what Pope did. Are we talking about the letter? Yeah. So first off, let's talk about what that means. I, I I had read it too, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Go ahead. 
So if I'm going to read something about why priests are molesting kids, I'm going to turn to the oldest surviving Hitler youth member, obviously. That also oversaw priests molested kids. That's who you want. I wanted to do more research when I read that essay because... Oh my God. It's so fucking dumb. All right. So let's sum it up and then let's kind of fill in some gaps. So uh, for those of you who aren't Catholic... Um, which I have to imagine would be 100% of our podcast. If, if you're listening to this and you're Catholic, you're a fucking masochist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about Catholicism in this episode. Um, so anyway, uh, Pope Benedict, uh, the, emperor. the emperor. Yeah, the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I think when I see his fucking Dude, horrendous just visage. like him. Fucking yeah, villainous. Oof vampire face um is that he just that's how i keep i was gonna say that's how i keep myself from coming whenever i'm like about to go off early (laughs) i think of pope benedict i bet he'd appreciate that um yeah so uh let me tell you my little journey with that essay so first of all i heard about it um in like our catholic memes of course that's my main pipeline i hate that i hate that site it's a very weird I, i i don't know they're they're funny they're um, so toxic. Uh, yeah, it, it's basically our incel tears, but for Catholics for some reason. You know, it's like, it's the same kind of like, yeah, we know we're shit. Keep scrolling. You're like, okay. <laughs> uh, God, yeah, they're so arrogant. Watch us Ugh. defend our shitty bullshit as if we're better than you. Like, all right, cool. I'll just... They're like, oh, oh, there's no basis for all of the stuff we do. Have you ever heard of tradition? <laughs> like, that's, that's all it is. <laughs> uh, uh, stupid Protestants wanting things to be in the Bible. Stupid <laughs> fucking idiots. Um, yeah, we rape kids. Keep scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let, let, let's not spend too much time because there's so much I want to talk about. Yeah. I don't want to blow too much time. But Pope Benedict is a retired Break down his Pope. argument. So Pope Benedict is a retired Pope. For those who don't know that, which how fucking can you? I mean, no matter. I, I think no matter what sect you are in religion, you have to kind of know what's going on in the Catholic Church, which is weird. Because, I don't know, I just feel like maybe it's just my sheltered existence and, and I don't really know what's going on in the rest of the world. But to me, I always thought Catholicism was at this point kind of fringe, you know? like. Yeah, like, I mean, well, it always has been in America. Yeah, it just seems That's like... That's the thing. Yeah, it just seemed like the kind of England, thing like... Yeah, England ahead. and America... It always has been, right? Like, Ever like since oh, the, the divorce. Pope says something, I'm like, okay. Yeah. It doesn't affect me in any way. Um, but he retired. They got a new Pope. And everyone was talking like, well, we haven't had two Popes in 600 years. What's it going to mean? And he's like, don't worry. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to sit back, uh, think about all the good times with all my kids, and just hang back and all my buddies and all my bros that I covered for and shuffled around. I'm just going to hang out, you know? You were kind of doing an Italian accent there. I don't know German. what German sound like. Uh, Via, it's just turn every W into a V and you're fine. Oh, yeah. That's it. I don't fucking forget it. No, <laughs> it can't be done. Not by me. We're not going to do this. Um, anyway, uh, he's like, <laughs> I, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever accent I feel like, and that's Pope Benedict. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, man. I've got to get out of these fucking kids. Put another, put another kid on the bobby. <laughs> Exactly, Pope Benedict. Uh, anyway, he uh, he recently uh, came out of retirement uh, to kind of. He said he was doing it to support. So the new pope apparently has been kind of like on an apology tour. You know, seems like yeah. the Barack Obama of popes. You know, like he comes pope. in there like, hey, we got to fix all the wrongs, and all the conservatives are like, I don't like him. 
popes are like marines. You have to understand that they're never really out. They like even if they haven't done pope or marine stuff in twenty years, they still ask for a discount at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to tell you about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Pope Benedict wrote a letter uh, talking about what caused pedophilia. And I guess it was in response to a summit the current Pope has that I wasn't really aware of. Yeah, yeah, but, to solve the problem. But I guess the current Pope's argument is that the reason why pedophilia was so rampant in the Catholic Church was because people had more respect for their superiors and more interest in protecting the quote-unquote church than fighting evil, you know? Sure. That, oh, we, well, see, my... we see a priest raping a kid, but shh, we don't want to hurt the church, in quotations, you know? I don't... Th- that's what you got from his essay? That's what saying? I got from Pope uh, the Current. Oh, Francis. Not, okay, yeah, okay. Pope Francis. That was Pope Francis's argument. Frankie. And... Yeah. In contrast to that, the old Pope, Benedict, is like, oh, 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 no, no. It's not that these priests wanted to protect the church and were so subservient and just bending down to loyalty and blind bullshit. It's because uh, a bunch of gays were fucking each other in the 60s, and it was such a toxic swamp of uh, butt stuff that, of course, the priests who were raised in that as a result of it would have those tainted, fucked-up brains when they go to become priests. Yeah, and it wasn't even... He didn't even focus on gays. He just focused on sexual immorality in general. Yeah, sexual revolution. The sexual sexual revolution revolution is what he blames it on. So, to sum up his argument, he basically said that the child rapes that came into light in the 80s and 90s were a direct result, were basically a time-delayed bomb from all the sex people were having in the 60s. So 20 years later, those children that grew up in that went on to become priests and were like, I thought this was cool. I thought it was cool. No one ever told me different. I didn't have a whole book and years of study to let me know I shouldn't fuck kids. What's this? I can't do this? Yeah, he basically said it's the hippie's fault. It's the equivalent of like Tana Mongu saying she never knew what the N-word meant. Like, fucking you know. You know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, or it's Joe McCarthy saying it's because the communist that he can't get hard for his wife. Like, <laughs> there's always someone there's always else to someone blame. To blame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <We'd... laughs> but uh, I think that's what the Red Scare was about, right? Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. I don't really... <laughs> exactly. That's what McCarthy was about. I didn't do history class. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it, though, I think. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, yeah, so he had like three points. The first one was that, and then he also got into saying that like, Part of it is the way that they don't tra- take tradition seriously enough, which kind of was more in line with what Francis was saying. Uh, um, sure. He was like saying like, oh, the way that I guess like Catholics all do a different way. So I was just at a Catholic wedding um, and everyone kind of took communion differently or there was like three or four different ways mm-hmm. and everyone kind of fell into one of those. Like some people like put out their mouth and he fed them. Some people took the weight from their hands and ate it. Some people drank wine, some didn't. And he actually, didn't he say something about communion? Um, because like communion isn't taken seriously and they're not like being rigid with how they take communion was part of why they were raping children. Well, it seemed kind of like uh, Rudy Giuliani's uh, broken window strategy was yeah, that yeah. Uh, he was like, if that's where the cops go. Well, no, his, his whole fight on crime was that if there's a neighborhood where kids are allowed to break the windows, then they're already in an environment where then, you know, rape and murder are just going to be like the gateway drug to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if, uh, if, if kids are allowed to just say, fuck communion, I don't give a shit, if they don't take that little bit seriously, then it fosters a 
environment where they're not going to take the other shit seriously. I would. I know this could never happen. I would love to sit down with them and have them draw me a flowchart from <laughs> communion to child rape. <laughs> to child rape. He's like, all right. So you, <laughs> what are we going to put in the so, middle? <laughs> so, so first of all, so first of all, you see guys going to church in sandals and jeans. That's the first step to fucking kids. And then, yeah, right. That's the second. That's the second to last step. <laughs> Uh, that's how you know they're down the path. <laughs> the second one is kids wearing fucking hockey jerseys in the fucking mass. That's uh, that's Jinkos. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, the third step is jorts, and then it's just down the line. There's like eighty fucking steps. He's like, the last one is putting cigarettes out on your fucking kids, and then you're raping them. You're like, all right, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's right. that is roughly this probably is what the he'd fucking eighty point dabda of raping kids. <laughs> you know, uh, this is kind of a sidebar, but it, it made me think of this. In high school and in, like, youth group era, I remember how they would always say, it was kind of a catchphrase among Christians. You're not going to hear it now because it's too square, right? And <laughs> churches are too cool now. Right, right. They would always say, modest is hottest. Oh. And now that's actually bothering me a lot because why do you want the kids to be hot? <laughs> uh, huh. That's a fair point. You- Shouldn't you make them wear skimpy clothes? It just makes me think that the youth pastors were like, hey, stay a virgin till you're 18, and then you're mine. And they're yeah. like, oh. Well, I know of at least a couple yeah, cases of that. Yeah. Let's let's reiterate, yeah. we both know youth pastors that fuck kids in our personal yeah. lives. Um, at least at least a few, at too, least a few. In, our, in our small town. A fucking statistical absurdity <laughs> that in our small town, three youth pastors... Had, in my opinion, either raped a kid or waited till she was eighteen, and then you know, fu- you know, basically groomed and then married. Yeah. Either way. Which is at least that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's the equivalent of playing Monopoly and always landed on go, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bought me Boardwalk. <laughs> All right. Wow. Um, Heavy. The other thing was I was reading about Benedict was I don't know it just it. It just reminded me of how far and away I think Catholic culture is from anything I know. Like, it's always, to me, like, amazing when you get into, I don't know, another culture. And, like, the terminology they use and talk and, like, the way they think about things. Um, uh, For instance, like, incels. Like, when I was really into incel culture, which I don't know if you can call it that, but, you know, like the way they'd be, like, so angry and be like, oh, well, you know what Freud's do to chads like us, and then she's a stasis. I'm like, what are you, what is this terminology you're using? What does yeah, it mean, yeah. and and what kind of brain would you have to have to think like that? You know, because, like, words are really just a sort of a, a, a variance of what human thought was at the time. Like, what does Freud even mean? I mean, it's femoid. I'm like... Okay, and now now, yeah, now break why? that down. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's because they're unhu- It's just because women are fucking shit and unhuman. I'm like, okay, so Floyd is really a representation of how little you respect women. Got it. Okay, now I, I, I didn't understand. I, I read it and it didn't mean anything to me. I had to know what you were <laughs> thinking before I understood that word. Um, but reading the uh, essay from Benedict opened up a fucking rabbit hole where I realized I don't really know anything about Catholicism because they kept using words that I would have to Google and it's a word specific to Catholicism. Like, well, of course, the transcendental. And I'm like, what? And it's like, it specifically means when a member of the church is cast out who is a priest. I'm like, oh, they have their own word for that? Like, it's weird, you know? Like, it just... Uh... Yeah, um, Catholicism is a enigma to, an enigma to me. Like, I, you know, in this past 
three months I've been to two Catholic weddings and both times it was just like, I was, I, I, I felt like I was at the fucking people's temple. Like I felt like I was sitting in front of Jim Jones, like <laughs> it, for real, like yeah, it, it, just for me, the way the church that I grew up in, it was so different. It felt so like ritualistic and there was all this stuff. And like, I'm not, I don't have anything against Catholic people in general, right? You're born right. into it. Your family does it. I, I don't give a fuck. You know, do you that's have great. A, uh, continue your thought, and then I have a, I have a topic on that. Oh, I'm just, that's it. I mean, it's just that it's so foreign to me and what I understand Christian thought and Christian doctrine to be that it's wild. Yeah, I don't want to seem like an old fogey, but yeah, like whenever you, I, I don't know, I'm just so far away from it. It just seems too, it seems too imperceptible. And that maybe that's just me not giving it a shot. Maybe I should, maybe I should open. I mean, I will. I'm gonna have to figure it out because it, it is confusing me. But like, like Ash Wednesday, I don't know what the fuck that is. Or, uh, For sure. Or, like, when they put the fucking shit on their forehead. You know, I'm like, what, what is that about? And they're like, oh, it's Lent. I'm like, Lent? What the fuck is all that? I mean, I kind of have an idea of Lent, because I've heard people be like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I swore off masturbation for Lent. I'm like, what? Yeah, or like, like not two days later, I was like, does this Lent only last two days? Because that's as long as I've ever seen anyone keep that one up. But, um, like, God gets it. God, <laughs> God, God understands. He gave me this head for a reason. Why? But, um... Yeah. It just seemed kind of... The range, the range in which people... Catholics follow their stuff is insane. Uh, yeah, it just it just seems too confusing, and and, and, and pe- it seems more like um, <laughs> it seems just like fanfic bullshit to me. They're like, well, the Bible stops, and then you just have two thousand years of people just making up rules as they go, and then everyone's like, so we're doing that, and they're like, yeah, that's this is what Christ wants. Like, okay, fuck it, this is a new rule, and then it just keeps getting more and more confusing. To me, it just seems like as a programmer, I'm looking at two thousand years of code with no comments. I'm like, all right, whatever, doesn't make no sense. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I have a I have a kind of a weird love hate relationship with the Catholic Church because of that. Because yeah, the bunch of it is this just like crazy rules, and obviously the atrocities they've committed are too many to count. But they also <clears throat> you got to look at the the science and the philosophy that they they funded and fostered is it was an important institution yeah, at the same time. I don't know if I I just don't know what I feel about the Catholic Church. I don't get yeah. it. I don't think that they're all evil, but I do think that when a you start to, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think any group is really evil, but uh, except for ISIS um, and the Nazis, of course. Uh, but um, <laughs> and plenty of other groups. And plenty yeah. of other groups. I don't know why those ones. Just, I was just like, you know, what? I, actually, I don't think there's anything really redeemable about any of those groups. I don't. I don't think yeah. ISIS is planting a lot of trees and uh, you know, uh, uh, breaking down sweatshops or anything like that. But um, sure. It just it just seems so far and away. Like I don't get it. We're, I, I want to know. I want I want I want to I want to crack that egg. But um, well, I'd say what we should do is uh, eventually we'll read the uh, what's it called the uh, the Catholic part of the Bible that's only Catholic. I guess I don't know. Is there? Fuck no. The, yeah, it's called. Damn it. I know this is the what? canonical like text and like Catholic. They have a bunch of books. Stuff. There's so much to it. Um. Wow, I was trying to type in Catholic part of the Bible, and I accidentally typed in uh, Catholic party, and all these things popped up. <laughs> what are these guys doing? <laughs> um, it was Catholic party of Ontario, to be specific, uh, so that's okay. fun. Uh, something I thought was interesting is, and this is old, this is way back, but um, uh, s- there was an SNL skit where, uh, who's the, is it Davidson? What's his first name? 
I want to say uh, the Apocrypha. By the way, sorry, oh, I'm back with that. Interesting. The Apocrypha is the. It's a few books that are just like Maccabees is one of them. Anyways, I think we need to read it in line okay, with the rest okay. of the we'll, Bible. We'll, we'll tack it on before never, we get to the Quran and the Book of Mormon. That's the part I've never read. It's bet- I think it's between the Old and New Testament. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, and, and include it. That way we're covering the entirety of Christianity. Sorry, what were you saying before I... Uh, is uh, it Keith in? Davidson? Who's the guy from SNL uh, who very recently got oh. quote-unquote outrage with the Catholic Church? Uh, I know who you're talking about. Pete. Pete, Pete Davidson. Davidson. Shit. Okay, yeah, Pete Davidson uh, made a joke that people who defend R. Kelly are no different than people who defend the Catholic Church. Like, you have an institution that has historically and probably still to this day is sheltering um, pedophiles no different than the way like Penn State did or any other group of people where they're like oh if anyone found out about this it would ruin our image so let's cover it up and just yeah yeah uh, what do you call it uh, minimize self-preservation yeah let's uh, let's negate the damage that this child has felt because it's more important to the message you know or yeah whatever. we're gonna lose followers yeah um but, uh, it, and like the Catholic Church, like some diocese or whatever, uh, our bishop was like, he needs to apologize. I'm like, I don't think you want to open this can of worms, mister. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, like his argument is incredibly sound. I don't know what your whole point is. If you go to Catholic Church and you give money to the church, on some level, that money is being spent to ship priests around that fuck kids. I, I don't, what, absolutely. What do you want? Yeah. Fucking, you need to clean it out. Um, and <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, because I want to make sure that we cover this before we get onto the Bible stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want uh, Benedict to get away with this on our show. In that <laughs> okay. we we made we made fun of him for blaming the hippies, but let's be real: uh, Catholic priests are so well behaved now, mm-hmm. even with all the scandal, compared to how they used to be. I mean, that's straight up. That's a fact. Yeah. Like there are so many historical examples of them taking advantage of their position. They pretty much all had mistresses just a couple hundred years ago, even um, taking advantage of pupils and peasant girls. And I mean, I think there was you. a, I don't think there was a, I mean, not that I think we can judge the Catholic church on exactly what they did 300 years ago. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't blame Italy. Yeah. For but I'm saying to, to II, pull it, but he, he's making it a sixties problem. It's not, it's uh, a, yeah. it's a power that's so easily corruptible because just from the nature of its mystery. And it's like the, it, the fucking, you want to talk about cops having a thin blue line. Nah, like, <laughs> there's just a the, very the, thin white line, a thick <laughs> pope line, dude. Like, yeah, there, it's way worse. Coke it's way worse. I think. Boner. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like we didn't even give Benedict. We've been we've been ranting for so long. I forgot. But <clears throat> yeah, basically, he was yeah, saying we, that there were secret cabals of gays, and they kind of ruined the church from the inside out. Which I think is that sounds like projection. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's like just picturing a bunch of sweaty dudes meeting in a because um, I think like Benedict a was a, a well-known fucking nerd, you know. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, they yeah. were having all these gay parties, and when they would hang out, I heard, I don't know, I was never invited, but it sounds like they were having a fucking great time. <laughs> he was sitting there doing his like practice and his little salute, <laughs> uh, yeah. and also it just kind of it opened up a whole. I just can't imagine what it must be like to base your life on this book, and. Just sort of be like to me. It's like the kind of people that uh, it just shows you how much respect I have for it. But it just means like the kind of people that like sit in their room all day long trying to argue Star Trek online, and you're like, it's fiction. What, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, there's no life? money in that. Yeah, like what are you doing? 
like oh, I just think that in episode three it was actually a secret uh, message to in episode eight when they're telling like well, who gives a shit you know is this what you do in your time like imagine I'm just Pope Benedict was talking about all these theological conversations that he would have with other priests and other philosophers and stuff like mm-hmm. that and they would have arguments and I was just like what a fucking waste of time but the other well, thing I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna counter you on that real quick mm-hmm. in that with the Star Trek example or the Pope example. Um, I think that's great. I think it's, I think not great, but I think that that's natural and we all do it to some extent and is that people want to have a deep meaning that they share with others, right? That's why people join cults. That's why people do MLMs. That's why people do a lot of stupid stuff, but also a lot of good stuff. That's why nonprofits exist. That's why, you know, March, that's why there's good things and bad things. So like being a part of something big that you, for whatever reason, got turned on to, I think that's okay. Like, if it's Star, if Star Trek is what makes you fucking happy and you want to nerd out on it, I, I, okay. So let me I know be you're clear. not. I know you're not. I'm not, not shitting on those down. guys. Sure, I guess. sure. I, I'm not saying it's a waste of your life. Yeah, whatever, whatever makes you happy. I, if that, if that's what you want to <clears> do, that's fine. I, I guess my point was is that it seemed he seemed so self-important about it. That's what really sure. kind of he was like, you know, yeah, like, that he was an authority. That he's sitting there some jerking off with a couple other guys, being like, "I think that moral theology is this and this and this and there," and they're just patting each other on the back, like we are the fucking watchers on the wall, keeping the earth from falling to evil and temptation. I'm like, you guys are a bunch of jerk offs in a fucking room, circle jerking. Yeah, wearing other, gold all day, protecting and fucking... a bunch of pedophiles. You're not a fucking yeah. What do you think you are? Yeah, he can definitely. Like you could he tell could from his ass. writings that he really thought he was like some Batman fake character. In the history of the earth, you know, protecting, like, the Catholic Church is supposed to stand as a pillar against evil. That is our job. I'm like, is that what you see yourselves as? Yeah. I hate I hate him. I love a pious, <laughs> a pious monk making his, like, uh, his beer, right, to sell for his abbey. Yeah. I love that guy. That's I cool. love it. If he's for real, if he's about it and his life's into it and, like, he lo- he's celibate and loves it and grows plants and makes meat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Like, That's fine. I put, I put Pope great. Benedict up on, like, the same pedestal as, like, those Gamergate guys who were, like, fighting amongst themselves <laughs> to protect journalism and gaming. Like, is there ever been a fucking more meaningless uh, fight to a uh, hill to die on? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, well, I, former gave this one nine out of ten stars. It really only deserved eight. Like, okay. Fucking, yeah, well. What are you doing with your life? I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can go all Elliot Rogers on this there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference! Yeah, I, um, I hate okay. it. But yeah, it just it just seemed like like I don't know, the way he taught, the way he the, reading that essay, the way he thought about himself, and the way he thinks about the church, and the way he blames the gays for ruining his church. It just it just seems so absurd. I don't know. Yeah. I'm riling like myself America, up thinking about it. <laughs> I, South America is going to eat that shit up too. You know they always do. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, we don't. We don't. Let, let's not spend any more time talking about it. But it, there, there was so much to delve into, like the way the conservatives within the church were like begging Benedict to come back and counter Francis, and somebody needs to stand up for the church, and he's ruining. We follow, we follow so many of those guys on Twitter just because I love seeing it. Yeah, it's um, a lot. W- so uh, real quick here, one of one of the, I saw one of the guys we follow on Twitter yeah. had this whole thing that was like the burning of Notre Dame today was a metaphor for what is actually happening in the church with like liberals like Francis. And I'm like, in this metaphor, are you a f- tank of flying water? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some nuts. 
Uh, Bunch of crazies. I, I love that it was you... just a drill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ooh, right. Buddy. So I do, that does suck because that I wanted to see that thing yeah. in its original glory. Those oh, things well. are cute. I, I can't knock them. Notre Dame. I was just wondering. What, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That thing's badass. <sighs> We're out of time for that shit. Uh, Should we talk about the Bible, let's dude? Get into it. Wow. This is our second episode of Numbers, but our 30th episode overall. The Big Three Zero. That's how old we are. <laughs> oh, wait. No, you're I'm 31. Way older. Yeah, what a old, dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to have your birthday episode next week. All right. Um, <laughs> This is a Revelations podcast. We're the podcast, that, if you're not aware, that uh, reads the Bible so you don't have to. That's what we do. We and I'm go ahead. Sorry. I'm, yeah, I paused for too long. I'm Grant Voiced. I'm Cole Deluski. And if ever there was like a part of the Bible that thank you to us for reading it so you don't have to, fuck numbers. Numbers yeah. five starting this week. Yeah. Don't even get me started on Numbers oh, wait. chapter oh, wait. seven. We're on number Jesus six. Christ. <laughs> we're on six. We're yeah, yeah. close enough. We're starting off in number six. We're gonna get uh we're gonna get some headway, plow through this stupid book. Yeah, you're um, there's a, I'm gonna warn you right now, if you don't like math, there's a lot more numbers coming up. <laughs> I did a lot of fun math for this episode that we're gonna dig into. Um And kind of the way we've been padding this episode. These chapters really pad the Bible. Like, there's so much nothing going on that just goes on and on and on. Fuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in fact, say. No, I don't want to skip too far ahead. But Numbers chapter seven is the most Stupid bullshit fluff chapter, chapter of yeah, all time. Shit. I was reading. We'll that. get there. We'll, uh, get, we'll there. get in there. But I'll uh, spoiler alert. I was reading that. Uh, I was getting my oil changed today, and I was just kind of like catching up. So I was reading it on the app. So, it took me a second to catch on to what was happening. Yeah, yeah. So I'm scrolling down, <laughs> scrolling down. Like I just read that part. I just read that part. Am I having a stroke? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, why would they do this? So, it, yeah. like, it's it not like the, it's not like you're reading on a book where you can kind of get a, a bird's eye view. I could only just keep scrolling. Like, what the fuck is this? I felt like a my app's broken. I felt like it was the biblical equivalent of like a magician's kerchief that just keeps going and going and going. Like, there can't be more, right? And guess what, audience? You don't have to sit through it. We did We're it for give you. It to you clean. We did it. We're gonna, we're gonna trim the fucking fat. We're gonna drain all the blood out of it like it's a, a sacrificial goat. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ice the recursion. You're just gonna get it out, the output. Uh, all right. Well, we're starting off like we said in chapter six, uh, and what's up? What is yours title? This the Nazarite. <laughs> it sounds a lot more ominous than it is. Um, so let, let's get into it. Uh, number six. So. The Lord speaks to Moses, all right, tell the children of Israel when either a man or woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord, uh, he shall do these things. So a Nazarite, the translation loosely is separated one. So this is like a kind of a weird thing that we haven't seen yet. It doesn't get addressed up to this point. Um, Becoming a Nazarite is a... Short-term, basically, uh, offering of yourself to God. Right. And it, did you see anywhere in there where it's told you how long it was? I couldn't find it. Uh, I, I think it's kind of arguable. There is yeah. some certain things like, well, if you fuck it up, then you have to wait seven days. And on the eighth you day, start you start this, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of like taking a vow of silence. 
or taking a vow of chastity or, to or the, fasting or whatever. So, so the way yeah. the Bible describes this in my concordance is that to become a Nazarite or take a vow of Nazarite is essentially to temporarily try to raise your purity to that of a priest, to temporarily become priest-like, or at least on that level of cleanliness and purity, like to take on the rules yeah, of yeah, a priest. Yeah. Just get a little closer to God, make him feel special, uh, right? It's like yeah, it's like whenever uh, you do something nice for someone you love. Short, That's all it short-term is. nunnery. Or a short-term yeah, yeah, yeah. monkey, but, you know, exactly. As the kids call it. Um, so let, let let's go over the rules of if you want to take a vow of a Nazarite and bring yourself closer to God. Here's how you do it. I'm not interested. First verse in. You can't drink. Right? <laughs> so not, no drinking. Uh, I'll do some other God shit. I don't. Uh, basically, nothing to do with a fucking grape. No vinegar. No raisins. No drink, because, like, oh, these raisins, it's basically the equivalent of, like, kids drinking mouthwash to get high. You're like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, I'm just going to eat so many fucking raisins, I'm going to get fucked up. They're like, okay. Do you know what I would do? How many do? raisins are you going to eat? <laughs> do, you think, do you think you could trick God if you if you had him coated in yogurt? Do you think that's why those exist? <laughs> he's he like, doesn't know. He's like, that's he's, just a ball of yogurt, right? You're like, he's totally. Like, yeah. Yogurt bites, Why dude. are you eating 6,000 of them <laughs> trying to get a fucking buzz on, all right? Get fucked. <laughs> okay. Um... So yeah, no, no, no wine at all. And also the only other thing just about, well, there's two other things, but the only other thing you have to actively do is not shave yourself, which is annoying, yeah, I guess, right? Hair grow out, which is fine. That would be my, my beard is so fucking itchy, so <laughs> I could never do it. I'd be like, yeah, the grapes is fine. I don't need a lot of grapes, but. What do you think the uh, occurrence or the rate of male pattern baldness was in Hebrews at that at that point? Do you think of a lot of dudes were bald and they had to like grow out their pubes or what? <laughs> I, don't I, don't know, know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could just go back there to ask that question. Is that why they That's have the yarmulkes? It's specifically designed to cover a bald spot? It might be. Wait. Yeah, that is a yarmulke. It's a dreidel. I don't know these terms. I think a yarmulke is to protect you from God's uh, glory or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Um, or something. Well, I don't, We haven't heard yarmulkes yet. We'll wait till we get to there. Um, I don't think they're in the Bible, buddy. Sorry. So, so, so first, <laughs> it's got to be. Uh, so first no, off, uh, they can't do anything to get drunk. Second, they can't cut their hair. Um, third, they can't touch a dead body. Which whoa, uh, <laughs> like oh, people that's are like, already oh, a rule though. I, I guarantee I couldn't be a Nazarite. I gotta fucking touch bodies as much as I. I'm just out in the fucking. <laughs> I'm out in the woods looking day and night. <laughs> Just with your with your bloodhound. Yeah, with my bloodhound. Be like, I know there's a fucking corpse right here somewhere. I want to touch but it. That's already a rule, right? You're already unclean if you touch a body. Yeah, a body. but I think it's but like this, you're on special cleanliness. You can't even be unclean for any period of time. You no, no this says you can't even be in the presence of one. Hmm. So because oh, here's why. On. So the yeah, like, wow. I had a knife, and suddenly I was in the presence of a dead body. Yeah, I was just assuming you just go into someone's house like for a sleepover. Like, can I go to John's house for a sleepover? You go over, there's just a dead grandma on the couch. Like, what's that about? Like, yeah, we just keep. Yeah, her. we just killed her. We just keep her around. She's warm She's still. Fun, yeah. Um. So here's the funny thing. This is the most like bewildering, insulting part, or I don't know. I'm the most offended by this part. They're saying if someone suddenly dies in the presence of a Nazarite. It, you're defiled. You got to cut off all that hair that you've grown out, right? Because now that's dirty you hair. You have to shave your head. Shave yeah. your pubes huh, or yeah, hair too. head. Yeah. If you have male pattern baldness. You got to shave the um, whole thing. And then there's this verse. 
the priest has to offer a sin offering. You gotta okay. You're gonna have to restart your whole Nazarite process. The priest is gonna offer a sin offering, and the other as uh, so it's two what two young pigeons. Mm-hmm. They offer one as a sin offering, the other as a burnt offering, because the Nazarite sinned by being in the presence of the dead body. What the fuck? <laughs> like, you're, let's say you walk into your buddy's house and his grandfather has a heart attack because you're fucking hot. Right, (laughs) all the blood drains out of his body into his cock, and it just his heart fails, and he just dies. He kills over, boom! You sent for that, yeah, because someone died near you. If if I was a God, thinks you, and I see someone starting to choke, I'm getting the fuck out of there. I can't risk it. (laughs) I can't do a Heimlich. You could die. Yeah, what if I? I'm like, sorry guys, I can't be here. I can't be here. They're like, we need your help to carry him to the. I can't be here. All right, just you're just birds out. You want me to shave my fucking head? I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, because the reason being, and I'm sure that letting that person die is worth you not having to shave your head. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> Seen these hairs? So the idea is that if you're doing this Nazarite thing, again, a temporary consecration of yourself to God, if you fuck up and see a dead body or whatever, I guess if you drink wine too on accident, maybe, um, uh, yeah. you'd have to start over. You shave off your hair, you grow it back out. And only when you're done are you done. And that's about all it says about being done, is that when you're done, you're done. I, I again, I couldn't, I couldn't gather what like the end point of being a Nazarite was. Um, I guess it's just a, from the chapter. I guess, I guess for zealots or people that just want to go that extra mile, you know. There's always that asshole that's trying to get extra credit, you know. Yeah, but I mean, when? I mean, when are you done? Um, I don't it know. Doesn't. Maybe there is. Maybe there's such a thing as not being done. Uh, maybe it's. But like, well, but it says mm, if you see a dead body and have to cut your hair, you restart your time. So if you're restarting your time, then that means there's oh maybe that's just bragging rights. Like you're going for the high score. Oh, you know, you're like, you might be like, right. I'm on level 33 with this shit, and then someone sees a dead body, like fuck, I'm back down to zero, and you're like, yeah, you just lost I, all your coins or whatever. I did something like that once. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we had a party. It was my going away party wow. when I was leaving uh, the desert. I was actually pretty close to Israel now that I think of it, and uh, we uh, I set up a table at this pool party, mm-hmm. and I had. Jameson and Bailey's mm-hmm. and Guinness, mm-hmm. and I was making people Irish car bombs, which are offensive. Yeah, I, yeah, know, I they're funny at the time. Uh, I was making so myself making a nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm offering one. I'm offering them to people, and I make a deal. I say, "Hey guys, every time someone takes one, and it's like a hundred degrees out, it's bar rain in the desert, uh-huh. sun beating down." All the ingredients are warm. Okay. We're on a, you know, this is gross. Right. And so each time that someone took one, I would do one with them. And I was keeping tally marks of how many I had. Uh-huh. I did like 14 before I uh, almost died of alcohol poisoning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was my Nazarite experience, all right? I had to share it. I don't get it. What was the point? <laughs> <laughs> but I was keep- Are you just trying to I had justify a, tally- a night of binge drinking? I don't get it. No. I had a tally on my arm. So it was like my uh, days as a Nazarite. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. A boozer, right? That's stupid fucks. <laughs> I'll cut that story out. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's your shame. Uh, you got to yeah. wear it like a Nazarite. Um, All right. But yeah, I guess you can just just keep doing that shit. Uh, and that's basically it. If you want to do uh, that extra something for God, you can cut yourself off. Um, it's pretty dumb. The the grossest part of being a Nazarite is that once it's over, there's like a ceremony where you burn you burn uh, bread and goats and lambs and all kinds of bullshit. It's not important. But the worst part is that there's a pot in which you're boiling one of the shoulders of a ram. Mm-hmm. And in the fire that's making the pot boil, you throw all the hair that you grew during this time oh, into the fire. Oh, fuck. 
<laughs> I know. Jeez. Which, especially if it's pubes, that's gonna smell horrible. I've smelled burning pubes before. Uh, we've all we've all taken a scissors to them and then dropped them on a hot lamp bulb. All right, I know what it. Can do. Uh, fuck, that's gonna be the worst. Anyways, if God loves the smell of the sacrifice, I don't know why He wants people throwing hair yeah, in a fire. Make sure you burn all your toenails. I'm like, what are you? What is <laughs> that, what? that? Actually, sounds okay. Like, hair is the worst thing you can burn. I think nails are the same thing. It's called keratin. Ugh. Uh, um, well, whatever. So then, the, I guess once they're done, they finish their separation. Uh, this is the blessing that they Moses. So Lords goes to Moses. Like, All right, tell Aaron this is what he does when this shit happens. When we have a Nazarite in our hands. Um, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Um, so that they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. A lot of Christians listening to us or former Christians or whatever you may be, or just people that have been to church have probably heard something along those lines. A lot of churches say that, like at the end of a of a sermon the lord bless you and keep you may his face all that Hmm. that's a thing which is weird because you're only supposed to get that if you're a nazarite i don't Mm. actually now that i'm reading the full thing i don't know it's definitely in the chapter regarding nazarite but actually yeah it just says to bless the israelites in general and it could just be another example where so i thought it was to the nazarites but as i'm reading again well the placement fucking everybody the placement in, in implies that it's for Nazarites, but that doesn't really mean anything. Like people will tell you whatever the fuck they want it to mean. Yeah. So it, it, that's I, good. I, I'm more I'm more akin to believe that having read this Bible as in depth as we have, that it's probably just that the people who wrote this shit don't know what the fuck they're doing, and just yeah, they just need to add that in. You somewhere. know, it'd be cool is if in a chapter all about the things we do specifically for Nazarites, we just without any uh, uh, like confirmation or clarification, we just put a blessing for everybody. And they're like, yeah, all right. I don't see why we would. I don't see why we'd move that to any other chapter. These guys clearly didn't have that uh, that like early high school, late middle school English class where they teach you how to outline. Yeah, they didn't have it. I, if I was editor for this shit, I wouldn't let that slide. I'd say move it. I'd be like, let's put that at the beginning. Yes, this is important. Yes. <laughs> uh, now we're That's to chapter, chapter seven, which is gonna suck. Just forewarning. Well, it's not, it's gonna, not gonna suck because we're, we're gonna doing make it. it. Easy. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Jinx. It's not gonna suck because we're here. You're welcome. So it's actually chapter seven. If you Cut out the bullshit. It's actually a lot of fun. This is... So we've been talking about all the pieces to go to the tabernacle and all the things you got to do to set it up and build it. And here's the people we need. And here's the ceremonies we're going to do. Here's the sacrifices you got to have. This right now that we're about to experience in chapter seven is the grand opening, right? That we're about to pop this motherfucker off, cut the champagne bottle open, whatever you want to do. We're doing... This is time. We're going. All right. So... um let me just do the first part because I don't want to. Uh, this stuff fucking sucks a bag of dicks. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, numbers seven. Now it came to pass when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle that he anointed it and consecrated and all its furnishings and the altar and all its utensils. So he anointed them at what? Jesus Christ. I don't. I don't even know why I'm trying to read it. I thought it would be whatever. So Moses sets up all the shit. He anoints everything, sprays oil over it, probably covers everything with blood. He's like, all right, guys, shops fucking open, baby. And, uh, There's something fun here, I think, that I'm going to read um, about. So the leaders of Israel and all their men came up and brought their offerings. Um, they brought six covered carts and 12 oxen, a cart for every two of the leaders and for each one an ox, and they presented them before the tabernacle. 
So this is what's fun about this. Let's turn back the page. Now, the carts are only going to two-thirds of the Levites. Well, right? we haven't, so the Levites we haven't are the, got it. We're Basically, we're just saying that no, of, this the, is important. of the 12 no, no, no. surviving tribes. I'm tying it into one. Okay. This is Sorry. important. Go ahead. Trust me. The carts are only going to go, as we're about to find out, to two-thirds of the Levites. Right. So there's like the three different clan groups that have different jobs within the Levite community. Goshan, of Gershon, the what? Kohath, Not, and Merari. Yeah. So it's 9,000 dudes total in that group that are responsible for doing the work. But these carts are only going to two out of those three no, no, there's, clans. Isn't there 22,000? No, that's from uh, one month old. No, 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 no. Because Gershon yes, is like no, 7,000. I got you. And Marari is like another 7,000. Let me talk to you real quick. So the 22,000 is from a month old onwards. Okay. The working men are only from ages 25 to 50, and that's in the ballpark of 9,000. Okay. Right. All right. It's 8,000 something. So of the 22,000 quote unquote uh, servant capable Levites, only 9,000. Don't get too much into that right now because chapter eight has a lot on that that I'm going to talk about. Okay. But what you need to know is that there are 12 oxen pulling six carts. So you have six carts worth of tabernacle that need to be pulled. Mm -hmm. The number of men that are responsible for getting that stuff into the carts is 6,000. So for each cart, each two oxen, two oxen power carts, mm-hmm. there's a thousand men loading that cart up. Well, you know, I just the way I just want to point that out. It's a little crazy. Again, <laughs> if I were there, I would, I would definitely cut some of the overhead. You know, yeah. I'd be like, first of all, why aren't much. the kids doing this? That's free labor right there. You know, that's the first thing I do. You got to look yeah, at you what don't get iPod's to start, doing. You don't get to start until you're 25 or 30, depending <laughs> on which book and number or verse and numbers you're reading um it's wild so that's what they have uh they go on to break down how the carts are divided so it's what uh two carts go to the gershonites and four carts go to the mirrorites but the kohathites don't get any carts because they're supposed to carry this shit on their shoulders they have the like sensitive part Uh, they're like so so to briefly as a, like a brief reminder for from the last episode, there's three tribes in Levi. Gershon, Merari, Kohath. Gershon takes the exterior. Merari takes the floors and the like pillars and shit. And Kohath take the fucking Ark of the Covenant, the lamps, the utensils, all the important shit, all the valuables. Them guts. So while Gershon and Merari can use carts because, uh, you know, they're handling tent fabrics and poles and shit. And who gives a fuck? Uh, yeah. Kohath has to hand carry that shit because it's important. God damn it! You know, like we can't trust this. Yeah. Stuff so not only, not only do you have to call yourself a Kohathite, but you also have to carry a bunch of bullshit <laughs> on your shoulders. And I would imagine the it's Ark of the Covenant, considering how everything's covered in fucking gold, is heavy as shit. Yeah, but you've got like two to three thousand guys to do it. Yeah, but even so then, like, like, oh, so what? I carry this thing three feet, and then some other guy takes over. I don't know. I just think the I just mean you like carry it one day of your life, like because um, let's say if it moves a hundred times in your life, you're only gonna have to do it once. I guess I I'd imagine. rather have the cart to be honest, but I'm lazy, so who knows? I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so that's how they break it up. They're like, hey, here's some. Uh, so 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 the point of this chapter really is that uh, it takes a village, and this is sort of communism at work. Is the that shittiest. The village. rest of the tribes have to come together. And sort of make a tithing to the Levites so that they will have the materials to do their fucking job. Yeah. So first, all the tribe comes together and gets them some oxen and some carts. 
That's correct. The s- and now yeah, the second aspect is all the tribes individually. Uh, and just so you can understand how stupid this fucking book is, I'm going to read you Judah first. Just Judah. Just please. Judah. We're not going to do anything more than <laughs> Judah, but just so you understand. Um, so now the leaders offered the dedication offering for the altar. Can we read my version? You're just going to be fucking stupid old English. You go ahead. Mine's better. <laughs> okay. So here's for what Judah offered. Hit or Judah's tribe, uh, led by Nashan, son of Amenadab. His offering was one silver plate weighing 130 shekels and one silver sprinkling bowl weighing 70 shekels, both according to the sanctuary shekel, each filled with the finest flour mixed with olive oil as a grain offering, one gold dish weighing 10 shekels filled with incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs, a year old to be sacrificed as a fellowship offering. This was the offering of Meshon, son of Amenadad. And hey, real quick, can you uh, briefly go down what Nathaniel, son of Zuar, uh, offered? Yeah, the exact same thing. <laughs> the exact same <laughs> fucking thing. And then, so what this does is it goes through all 12 tribes and has the exact same text, taking up like three fucking Bible pages. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, this the is the part where I was like, am I having word. a fucking stroke? Is it different? <laughs> is anything changing? Why would they write this down? Uh, and then, uh, just to let us know that it's the book of Numbers, you get to the end of it all, and they add it all up for you so you know the totals. Yeah, as if you needed it's, all this other stuff. You could have just said, ev- uh, just said every <laughs> single tribe brought them uh, one platter, 35 shekels, a gold bowl full of fucking uh, incense, a fucking another thing, a bunch of rams, a bunch of shit. And each one brought it all. Why they go over it over and over it 12 times. They go over and then one uh, a grain offering and a gold pan filled with incense and one young bull, one ram, one male lamb, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, well, what about uh, what about Eliza, uh, son of Shadur? Oh, well, he brought one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels. I was like, Jesus Christ, are you getting paid by the uh, word? Like, Ugh. this is like in an English class when you're like, I got I to gotta do 2,000 word essay. I only Listen have to my how content can... for 20 words. How am I going to make this happen? Listen to how my concordance explains this away. Although each offering was made the same in quantity as well as quality, a separate notice is given of each, as a separate day was appointed for the presentation, that equal honor might be conferred on each. How is equal honor not conferred if you just say they all did it? Yeah, like wouldn't that be equal? Like who gives a shit? It's it's such a stretch. It's like imagine the song uh, 12 Days of Christmas, but every day they gave the same shit, and it's every single thing. <laughs> on the first day of Christmas, one tur- you know like that final verse, and they're like, one turtle dove, two dove. Just imagine that 12 fucking times. That's number seven. It's so fucking... T- <laughs> so fucking t- <laughs> that is exactly what it is, dude. Uh, it's so fucking... Dude, t- I wonder if whoever wrote 12 Days of Christmas was dabbing on the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is how it's done. They just fucking moonwalks. Uh... Fucking shit, man. What a dumb, stupid... Because that song sucks. Yeah. I hate that song. That, su- that song sucks almost as much as the Bible. Um, so, yeah, you get to you get to finally verse 84 when they're done reading all yeah, fucking 12 versions they, of the same story. And then story. they sum it all up. And that was the dedication of the offering. 12 silver platters, 12 silver bowls, 12 gold pans. Yeah, we get it. We, we know. I was we there. Know how to count. I saw the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Is this like a book for accountants? Like, I don't mm. get it. The, uh, one fun thing I'll point out is that there's about 60 pounds of silver plates and three pounds of gold plates. That's all you need to know. Yeah. So uh, a bunch of fucking know, incense. They skimped cool. on the gold. Yeah. They skimped on the gold a little bit. 
Ugh. So that's chapter seven. Can we not? Can we wash our hands? Uh, hey, audience, never read chapter seven. <laughs> uh, the other, let's let's finish it up because as oh, is typical, as is typical, they have the meat, and then like the last couple verses are always like some kind of weirdness. Um, yeah. So uh, Moses counts all the shit, remarks on it, and then after all the offerings have been given, kind of like this is kind of like an opening day ceremony, you know, but I guess over twelve days, you know. Uh, sure. Now, when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with God, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat. That was the Ark of the Testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus, he spoke to him. So everyone brings in their shit. He counts. It, he's like, all right, 12 gold bowls. Great. 12 fucking silver uh, offerings. Uh, shekels are great, great, great. And then he goes in there and then God's like, did you get the shit? And Moses like, yeah. And then they talked with each other. Um. And just to reiterate, and as usual, all right, go ahead. Look, well, just to reiterate, say, the Ark of the Covenant is literally where God is. Right, yeah, I sorry. think our audience is. I don't place, know. We only talked about it once, kind of. Once, once billion times. <laughs> um, so, as usual, God doesn't even want to really talk to Moses, but for some reason he does, and says, "Moses, tell Aaron this." Right? I don't get it. Well, we're but numbers. He says, tell eight. Aaron. Yeah, this is now chapter 8, because this conversation spills over. It's kind of weird. Um, he says, talk to Aaron, tell him that when he sets up the lamps, that all seven of them are in the area in front of the lampstand. Which, to me, that's a little condescending, right? Like, where the fuck else? It is kind of weird. Like, like Moses goes and God's like, uh, hey, Moses, would you tell Aaron that, uh, can you move those lamps over to the other side? I kind of want to see how that feels. And Aaron's like, over here? And he's like, a little bit more to the left. And Aaron's like, over here? And he's like... Uh, six inches higher. And Aaron's like, you know, you killed my kids, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, six inches yeah. higher, please. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, we're not talking about that anymore. Uh, and he just... Just move the lampstand, you know, Just move the bitch. fucking lampstand, you little fuck. <laughs> uh, so he basically... Yeah, it's a really unnecessary explanation where to put the lampstand. I'm guessing... <laughs> I'm guessing the reason that they went into this is so that... Uh, there was probably an argument between a couple like people about where to put the lampstand. They're like, "Oh yeah, look what I just wrote down." About what <laughs> God said, "Put the lampstand here." Uh, I, I I I try to I don't know. In my mind, it's hard to think about this in a way that Moses is just on some crazy fucking power trip, and he's like, "By the way, I'm the only one that talks to God. God only talks to me." There's a secret uh, space where only Moses comes in there, and Aaron's like, "Well, I'm kind of the head priest." He's like. Do you think you're my equal, Aaron? Move that fucking lamp. And he's like, I. God said. And he's like, God says. God says to move the lamp. God also says, you talk to me again, I'll kill another one of your kids. Move the fucking lamp, Aaron. And he's like, oh, okay. God. Okay. God says, put your right hand on your left shoulder. <laughs> God says, hop up and down. <laughs> uh, God says to drink this entire ball of honey without uh, while holding your breath. He's like, I don't want to. <laughs> Do you want to be even scarier, as Simeon says? <laughs> I just imagine God's got... You up. I just imagine it's a little bit of sibling rivalry that's just kind of, as the adult, they never matured. Like Moses like, God says, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. God says, like, you killed my kids. Okay, so now that we figured out where the lamp goes, <laughs> right? Ugh, um, we're going to talk about the Levites. So we've already talked ad nauseum, really, at, about... How the Levites are divided up and who does what job. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to contradict a little bit of it because that's always fun. Um, Make sure. Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say that now we're running through. We, we've talked a lot about what it takes to consecrate a priest. 
again, the Lord is telling Moses here, starting in chapter five, how to consecrate a priest, but now it's actually happening, right? So we had the instructions laid out. Now it's the instructions are laid out again, but at the same time as the it being followed through. So they're bringing forth every priest, and they talk about kind of what's involved. There's sacrifices, animals. Well, let's uh, let's grain do let's, get, let's at least do eight seven. Uh, so to purify them. Sprinkle so them eight with seven. Water, here's how you. So he's like, okay, take all the Levites, um, and sprinkle. See, it says water of purification on them. So I know we talked about the bitter water from the uh, planned curse abortion brew, but yeah. Um, this also seems like it could be "quote unquote" holy water, uh, water of purification. Um, uh, I didn't look into the Hebrew word for it. Let me see. But um, keep talking. But basically, they got to take this special water, sprinkle it on them. They have to shave their entire body, very cult-like. Like, oh, we must stay shaved for God. Uh, and then they have to wash all their clothes. So basically, they just have to kind of like purify themselves. They got to. Take a fucking shower, shave off all their hair, wash all their clothes, and then kill a bunch of animals as some sort of like mass sacrifice for them. Yeah, but this was stuff that they already covered earlier when they were talking about how to consecrate priests. Uh, is it? I thought it was I think, different. I thought yeah. I thought the no. original one was they had to wear special shit and like get covered in oil and stuff. Like they I think even back in Exodus they talked about this. Uh, I, I think honest. this is but different. These, but maybe. I mean, your eyes glaze over during these parts, right? Because. It, the Levites have to and, lay their hands on a bull and make an offering for all I of them. I think that's new. Well, the weird part now, so this is what I want to really talk about, mm-hmm. is that, yeah, okay, they have to be sprinkled. They have to shave off all their their whole body, right? Yeah. Uh, they have to touch a bull. But then Aaron is to present before the Lord uh, the Levites as a wave offering from the Israelites. So a wave offering, which we've talked about, a good bit earlier in this series is that you bring forth, I think it's the breast of a ram and you have to wave it. And it has to do with showing that it's being given freely or whatever. You can also wave like sheaves of grain for grain offerings and stuff like that. Yeah. It's weird. You're basically just like, Hey, it's over here. God, you just like swing it around and you're like, yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Obviously, however, that's practiced now or was practiced earlier in the last millennia was not probably the same way they did it here, because it's a guess. But what I will say <laughs> is that presenting people as a wave offering, I'm trying to picture it, and I can't see anything except the priest walking forward, freshly shaved and wetted down, doing the floss. <laughs> like, here you go, God. <laughs> they're just doing the whole little yeah, yeah, I, backpack I, kid I, dance. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> so you go up there. That's the waviest dance. You press down the D-pad, God knows you're fucking you're down. <laughs> uh so then, so basically, and again, we've talked about this. They basically have to, it's like, it's like washing your hands before you go and work on, you know, food in the kitchen. Uh, this is, they have to purify themselves before they go and touch all of God's shit and work yeah. in the tabernacle. Yeah, for whatever reason. Uh, and God then kind of, he comes back to his old standby. He's like, by the way, uh, because I saved you from Egypt, you fucking owe me all the firstborn. But don't worry, I've now stated that as sort of like my gift to you, I'm just going to take the Levites. The Levites are now mine. They're my special little boys. Yeah. So what are you at? You're at uh, verse 17 there? I would there? say so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some weirder stuff now. Um uh, basically the whole community, you know, they got the Levites, put the team on their back to, to commune with God on the behalf of everyone, everyone else's behalf. 
Um, now it says, the Lord said to Moses, this applies to the Levites. Men 25 years old or more shall come take part in the work at the tent of meeting. Now, first off, uh, in Numbers 4, it says 30 and above. My concordance's explanation for this is that from 25 to 29, you're like a priest apprentice. Uh, that's what my Bible says, too. Yeah, which I don't buy it, personally. Like, if they're going to give so much explanation for every little bullshit detail, and then they don't point out that from 25 to 29, you're an apprentice, how would they not do that? It's insanity. Yeah, uh, it, it's probably they just, the, the left hand. Like, they, they fucking like goofed. This Bible. They goofed. It was written at two different times, no doubt, so, in my and mind. So, in one of these ones, they're like, uh, oh... From 30 to 50, you work in the tabernacle, and then now here later. Oh, from 25 to 50. Now, who gives a shit? But it just kind of like, for anyone who says it's divine or written, I don't know. And maybe the explanation is is that they're not really working, you know, and that there's a there's a slight difference in interpretation. Yeah, they're like helpers I, or I don't know if it's something I want to get too up in arms about, but it is different. I don't either. It, it just seems stupid. Now, here's, I, I wanted to turn this into a, a legitimate numbers episode, so I, I did a little bit of math. Now, if you look, we've already been over these numbers, but the total number of Levite males from a month old until whenever is 22,000, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why last episode we talked about how they came up short of the 22,273 total firstborns mm -hmm. in Israel. Um, so you got 22,000 total men. Now... If you were to use, this is fun, if you were to use a modern age curve, which is not a bell curve, it's an asymmetrical bell, bell curve, it kind of holds steady for the first half of life and then dips. Um, but if you were to use that curve and apply it to the 22,000 Levites that there are of all ages, mm -hmm. the number of working men that there should be is 3,300. And instead, we have close to 9,000. I thought that was fun. That means a lot to me because if the middle-aged group from age 20 or from age 30 to 50 is in the 9,000 range, mm -hmm. that means that for the entire Israel or Israelite population to have an, an army of 600,000, there might be a much smaller population than these all projections of 2.5 million. Mm -hmm. um, because there seem, they seem to actually have a really steep bell curve if there's 9,000 men out of 22,000 in that age range. It's really, really off chart from what we currently well, have. Well, it could be that they were just fucking like rabbits and old people die all the time. Well, I, I mean, they were I, slaves, the so is, it would kind of stand to reason that once you get too old to you, slave, they put you down. You would need steeper uh, slopes on both sides of the bell curve for this to be true. So you would have to have a lot of like infant mortality, I guess. I don't know how it would have happened, but for some reason, maybe it's because... I mean, there it, haven't been a lot of kids born in the desert. It could be there's a, one. There was a lot I mean, of. I mean, we are trying to justify bullshit, so you know. But it's. I mean, if we're gonna fucking read okay, it, okay. I would know. say that it's possible if you assume that they just went, that they had a much higher population, then they wandered the desert and they had a lot of infant mortality and a lot of elderly mortality, which would make sense if you're wandering the fucking desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. I think that that's what it is. Is you have all these like. Anyone that was born in Egypt is probably healthy and good to go. And we've also had already a genocide from God before. Of 3K. Of 3K. Yeah, so that's pretty it could small. Be, we don't know. It could be. He was like, and all the Maybe fucking all babies. babies. That's what I love to kill. <laughs> that's my favorite thing to kill. We already know. Yeah. Well, you don't even got to use a weapon. You just chuck yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> throw them against the you wall. Fucking, <laughs> you fucking just get a couple of rocks and you kick them, you know? 
Yeah. All right. So that's enough math for today. I just wanted to I so wanted to do a little I, bit of it, a peek it, at it's, that. It's an interesting point, but I think it's reasonable to say that you're going to get a bottleneck effect where the survivors are going to be predi- uh, sort of predisposed to be people of fighting age anyway because they have to survive in the fucking desert. You know? Sure, sure. So that's that's which makes the point that I made with that is that I think all the concordances are off when they project a population of like two and a half million. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been way less. There just is a lot, a lot high proportion is fighting age. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Possibly. Like we're talking about right now. So anyway. Um, so that's it for numbers eight. Uh, oh, well, it okay. Is. So thank God at the age of from 25 to 50, you can enter into service. You're not mandated to, but you may enter. And obviously no freaks or people with uh, fucked up legs. Or yeah, I think that's what the may is about. The may is for everyone with the exception of those not fit. It just, it just I, yeah, I would say that pretty much if you're old enough to do a job, you do the job. I, I wouldn't imagine there are too many guys like, I don't want to work. Like, well, what are you going to do? I'm just going to hang out. All right. We're in the desert fighting for our lives. I don't think you get to. You're about to get an adapt on it. At the age of 50 years, they're officially too old. That's the retirement age according to the Bible. At 50 years, you get to chill out. Uh, Pretty and good you kind deal. Of just become a minister, but you don't have to like do actual work anymore. You're retired. You help, but you don't priest up. You don't got to be all ceremonially clean and all that shit. You're a Those you're are... like Pope Benedict writing about hippies causing all the priest rape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just hanging and, out, uh, taking pot shots from the fucking nosebleed yeah, section. Yeah, yeah. All right. He's just voting against. So that's chapter eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chapter nine. This is great that we get to read about the Passover again, because I feel like we didn't have enough about the Passover. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked enough about the Passover in this Bible. Uh, it's not important. Speaking of which, this episode's going to release right after Passover, isn't it? This year's Passover. Yeah, right on. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. It does. I know. Because Something like I know that. some Jews. And they are all about it. Um, so now we're going to talk about the second Passover, which is cool. Uh, and, and this actually re- re- references a second Passover. Um Let's wrap this one up, because who the fuck cares? Um, basically, he states, like, okay, yeah, here comes another fucking Passover. You know what it is. 14th day of the first month uh, at twilight. You got to do the Passover shit. And basically, some guys complained. They were like, yeah, I wasn't clean for the Passover. I was fucking with some corpses. You know how we do. And I'm not going to be clean in time for Passover Am I still going to be cut off from my people? Is there, you know, am I fucked? And Moses goes to God and be like, hey, these guys were fucking with corpses. They're not going to be clean for Passover. Do we have a, uh, yeah. what, what do we do with them? And God's like, okay, for those guys, they can do a second Passover. Passover isn't so important that we can't just get a mulligan or a do-over, you know. You can just, just have your own second Passover. Have your own second Passover. Everyone gets one, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, just catch up later. Right? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, if you didn't file your taxes April 15th, just file a form. You can t- file it later. No one cares. This this passage really uh, strikes me as kind of filling in the gaps, right? Like, th- these are obviously things that came up <laughs> later on, and they're like, oh, shit. Like, we didn't really co- – obviously, there are some people that aren't going to make it. So it says, yeah, if you're on the road, still find time to do it. If you're unclean, wait till you're clean, do it. My favorite thing about all this – well, first off, again, they reiterate that if you don't do Passover and you don't have an excuse, you're cut off. Yeah. Which means either it, death it's like it's like or in not college, you know, if you miss an exam, you're fucked. But if you go to be like, my grandpa died, he's like, okay, all right, we'll have a second exam just for you though. 
I told an atrocious lie once about an exam. I tell you about that. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't even admit that online. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have definitely like skipped out of work once, and they're like, I just, I was like, yeah, I'm not coming into work today. And they're like, what happened? I'm like, my dad just had a heart attack, and he, <laughs> and he was like, I'll he was like, my dad had a heart attack. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mine's worse. He just hears me eating potato far. chips in the background. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, fucking one you don't do. Trying to have one too. <laughs> like father likes son. He's like, Are you smoking? I'm like, Yeah, my dad had a heart attack. He didn't have lung cancer, chill yeah, out. Fuck off, asshole. Anyways. Uh the uh the wrap up for that section about Passover is what's interesting to me in that if a foreigner is residing among you, so some, you know, one of Esau's great grandkids or whatever mm. is hanging out in the area, they have to do Passover too. Not can. They will. Wait, read that? Because I thought it was always can. I didn't understand. Where are you seeing? A foreigner residing uh, among uh, fucking you is verse, also... verse, bitch. Give me that verse. Wow. Okay, the book, the Bible, the book of Numbers, chapter 9, okay. verse 14. Right. A foreigner residing among you is also to celebrate the Lord's Passover in accordance with its rules and regulations. You must have the same regulations for both foreigners and native-born. I guess that's a difference in translation for... Uh... Boom. Well, yeah, because you're reading a shitty old version that doesn't actually accurately translate. If a stranger dwells among you and would keep the Lord's Passover, he must do so. No. Because I don't think it states, because it specifically states that strangers are not to do Passover in the original Passover. It's like, hey, you don't get to. If they want to, if a stranger is in your land or a foreigner and like, hey, I want to do Passover too, you're to tell him, no, get fucked. But if he cuts his dick and then is like, okay, all right, now you can join. I'm tired of this OG bullshit. You have the worst version of the Bible. You have the version of the Bible where they sucked the most. They they sucked the most at translating Hebrew when they wrote the KJV. And so many fucking idiots don't understand that. And the more I read, the more I get pissed off. I hate your Bible. And they will feel it's fucking mutual, all right? I'm going to smack your Bible. Dude, just wait till the next fucking WrestleMania. I'm just going to come to your house. There's my Bible with a bunch of torn papers next to the toilet. I'm like, what have you been doing to my Bible? I like that. So I'm, my, I have this like little Bible app that lets you click on words and like look at the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. But it never has the words I want. Like, because it says, and if a stranger shall, strung, uh, shall, shall sojourn among you and will keep the Passover unto the Lord. But I can't click on will to see what, where the will came from. Uh-huh. I can click on keep. But, like, I don't know. It's just really selective, and it pisses me off. So, whatever. That was useless. Um, so that's uh, that's enough about the Passover. Who knows? Who knows if they had to or not? Who knows what the regulations really were, how it was applied? It was dumb. Uh-huh. Uh, let's talk about the cloud. This is kind of fun, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, this is basically just a reiterating of what we've already seen in the past, was that uh, God is cloud in the day and fire at night. And when he's inside the tabernacle, he's just like a cloud. Like you're like, Hey, that does that tent look really foggy? And like, oh, that's what God looks like. I'm like, all right. And then when he's not, they're like, is that tent on fire? And you're like, no, nah, it's just what God looks like. It's cool. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Fucking badass. Um, and when he's above the, and there's some weird specific rules to it. Again, it's like, they talk about, talk about, talk about it. And to me, I don't know that it's clarification. I just think it's, again, you have, multiple different writers writing this shit and some writers just felt like getting more into the detail, you know, or just made up sure. more details as they go. This is the George R. R. Martin of fucking writing the Bible. And then some other guys are kind of like Dr. Seuss. Um, 
I think I can sum up the whole passage, right? It it's me. pretty easy. Um, as soon as they were done consecrating it, setting it up, they got the whole thing in place. A cloud came down and sat over the tabernacle. When it was daytime, it was a cloud. When it was nighttime, it looked like fire. When God was ready to move, the cloud would lift up or the fire would lift up and it would start going. They would start walking. They would pack everything up and start walking. Whenever God wanted to stop, the cloud would come back down over the tabernacle, set itself back up in little tabernacle cloud land, and they would set up camp. And that's all they did. Sometimes it was a year that they would stay still. Sometimes it was just one day. But whenever the cloud left, they left. Super simple. It didn't need to take, <laughs> you know, 20 verses to explain I that. I don't know. Maybe it did. Uh, do you know what this makes? Do you know what this makes me feel like the Israelites are to God? Mm. They're a piece of gum on his shoe, <laughs> uh, and they're like they don't have any say in what's happening, where they're going. To me, it's the equivalent of like walked around. A, a, a drunk mom uh, uh, tasting Epcot, just walking around during the wine festival, and there's just a kid on like a like with one of those leashes that attaches around the torso, <laughs> and she's like, "All right, I'm going over here. I'm gonna get fucked up in Egypt now." And they just you just see him dragging the kid, and the kid's like, "I don't want to go." And you just see him being pulled along the asphalt. That's what I think. It's, it's it's like I, I don't know what this means in slang, but what it makes me think of is whenever Cardi B on Twitter said to Tommy Lauren, "I will dog walk." <laughs> That made my day. <laughs> yeah, it's probably what she meant. Uh, but it just—it just seems like it just seems like he's like, I got business over here, and you're like, okay, and then you just get dragged this way, and he's like, he's like, oh, you know, okay. I wonder what God was thinking. Were they like dodging armies? It, Were they? You it does know. kind of like what is God doing? He just and then I was yeah. here, and now I'm going over here. Aren't you God? Do you have nothing better to do? Like, what are you doing over there? Do you have errands that you're running? I don't get it. It just seems maybe he's sightseeing. There's probably a lot of cool shit I out mean, there. Even, in the even desert. Like, well, he was probably avoiding armies. Isn't he God? And doesn't he love killing people? Like, uh, and don't they have the strongest army that will exist yeah, for millennia? I mean, doesn't, I mean, the only thing God loves more than incense and burning things is killing. I don't. It seems like he'd be all over it. You know. Yeah. The only thing he doesn't like, as far as I'm aware, and Pope Benedict is where is you know the hippie <laughs> is, is hippies, gays, it's and God. Jews. From what I've seen, he loves killing. <laughs> According to all those anime Nazi profiles that are Catholic. <laughs> yeah, uh, all those uh, oh. Nazi furries I've been seeing seem pretty... I accidentally fell down that fucking rabbit hole oh. today. <laughs> There's a lot of weird people out there. Yeah. They're all like 15 Dude, years old, we, but it's uh, fascinating. Well, we'll talk about it later. We, we'll do that. Let's do that. We'll talk about that uh, as an that'll be, next That'll week. be next episode. We'll have a surprise for people. But um, Perfect, perfect. Uh, so that's numbers nine. Let's, let's wrap up this episode and finish up Do you want to do 10? Yeah, let's do it. Fuck okay. It. Let's place the it. two silver trumpets. Uh, All right, God makes two trumpets, and you're supposed to blow them before the festival. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on, let's get in there because it, again, it's just kind of a weird thing. Again, so God tells Moses, "Okay, make two silver trumpets, hammered." Because he loves hammered silver, which I do too. Yeah, we already yeah. talked about these, though. We talked about him briefly when we talked about the festival of trumpets, but this is our first time really talking about the trumpets, and it's not just for festivals. So I don't know. Did you read this chapter? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the gist of it, though. Come All on. All right, shut up. Way. I'll do it. I'll do it for you, Pottyus. Well, hurry up. Hurry All right, up. fuck. Okay, so if you blow both of the trumpets at the same time, all the congregation has to show up at the tabernacle. If you blow only one, uh, only the leaders have to show up. Uh, when you, They must have some good-ass ears. I guess when you blow the them to sound the advance, as we mentioned, the tribes on the east side of the tabernacle, which, uh, who was that? That was Judah... Oh, fuck. No, uh, that was Reuben. 
was it? And his. Yeah, Reuben was the oldest. He was to the east. But no, anyways. no, no. To the east was Judah, Issachar, and Zebulon. Reuben's Whatever, to the south. My dick. All right. Uh, so if you blow the sound of the advance, the first time, Judah and his crew, they roll out. Um, if you blow it a second time, then, you know, the, 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 the armies from the south and shit start to go off and, and so on. Uh, and basically, there's just different rules on how to work this trumpet and what it means to the people. But it's how Aaron and Moses communicate with two million people is these giant fucking trumpets that can be heard by the armies. And it's like, all right, well, go forward. And they're like, all right, got it. You know, and indeed. Anyways, it sucks. There's trumpets. Um, um, and now we get to the moving. Uh, on the twentieth day of the second month, so this is after they've celebrated Passover. Yeah, people care. You're confused. It's now. after Passover, so they waited for Passover to end. It's the twentieth day of the second month and the second year since they left Egypt. The cloud picks up and heads off, and the children of Israel set out from the wilderness of Sinai uh, into the wilderness of. They Paran. go to Paran. See, you're, you're reading too much. Jesus you're reading too much. I, I, they don't want to hear I, this. They do. They pay us good fucking hard. They take the How money. How much were we going to shave off of that? Less time than we've wasted on this bullshit. I could have said they went to Paran. Oh, That's all you need to know. Great. Here's the cool part okay. that the Bible doesn't say. Paran is where Hagar took Ishmael after they were kicked out of Abraham's camp. So this is where he was hanging out, learned how to be an archer, and his Egyptian wife got brought to him. I mean, that was like Thank 800 you. years ago, but yeah. Yeah, but this is cool. You could probably like see some artifacts. Eight hundred years isn't a long time. Okay, so he takes him to Paran, uh, which we know, yeah. Um, and then basically they all have their standards, and it goes over the armies it, again, sums it up. Yeah, we already know the uh, the setup. And of the so armies. it just goes over, and then to the final bit. So everyone's rolling off their head to Paran. Uh, Moses goes to his brother-in-law, Hobab, who was the son of Jethro, who was named Rule in this chapter for some stupid fucking reason. Again, they just bounce between those names. Not, not his brother-in-law, his father-in-law. His brother-in-law. Oh, sorry. Hobab. So in my Bible it says, yeah, it, my Bible says he goes to Hobab, son of Rule, his father-in-law. Yeah. My bad. So Hobab is a Midianite saw, saw. and is not a Jew. Um, but they all follow the same God, essentially. They're all essentially Semites. And Moses yeah. is like, hey, we're heading out. We're going off to Paran. You should come with us. And uh, Habab, Hobab, who's probably seen some shit, he's like, you know, I was there when you... Uh, Can we say Hobab? Hobab. I like that. Fuck it. Hobab. 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 So Hobab goes, uh, you know, I'm pretty good where I'm at. I, I kind of like my house. I'm not going to leave my family and my lands and stuff to come out with you. And Moses is like hard selling him. He's like, hey, hey, come on, come on. We're fucking basically brothers. Uh, we're better brothers than my actual brother. I would never kill your kids, am I right? He's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even let God talk to <laughs> yeah, yeah. you. You know, the, the weird thing that Moses said to him here, this is how he sells him on it. Yeah. He says, please don't leave. You know where we should camp in the wilderness. You can be our eyes. Now, wait a goddamn second. <laughs> Yeah, what? Isn't that what the cloud's doing? Yeah, I don't get it. So he, like Hobab, uh, Moses goes to Hobab and is like, listen, you can be our scout. We need you. And Hobab's like, oh, all right, whatever, maybe. I'll think about it. Uh, the thing that I think is crazy is that uh, Moses is then again is like, listen, listen. Uh, if you go with us, and indeed it shall be, which is kind of like, I'm not even fucking asking you. When He's like, if you come with <laughs> us, and you are... Um, Whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same we will do to you. 
And if I was Hobab, I'd be like, I don't want that deal. <laughs> uh, are you guys going to light me on fire or beat me to death with stone? And he's like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you better not. I wouldn't blaspheme God. You're getting awfully close, Hobab. Only, only if you touch a weasel or whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you touch a rock hyrax, you're accident. fucking dead. But uh, we also need you to scout and keep an eye for us, which, yeah, again, isn't that what the whole burning cloud is supposed to be doing? Isn't that your whole job? Yeah. Just doesn't make any I sense. I don't understand that at yeah. all. I guess maybe so the cloud goes up. I thought they were following it. Yeah, I don't I don't see how I guess maybe Moses is just lying to him, like trying to butter him up. <laughs> he's like, We're gonna go everywhere and he's like, Okay, well we're going this way and Moses is just like, What? What? As they keep going the opposite direction. Uh, 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 gotta follow the cloud. Here, right? And Hobab's like, No, this is a fucking viper nest and he's like, Here. <laughs> God wants We already us. set up the tent. Have a seat, Hobab. Have a fucking seat. Looks like Viper's back on the menu. <laughs> Have a seat. Okay. Uh, uh, it doesn't make any hands. sense. So he brings Hobab. Uh, okay. So then there's some dumb shit. Uh, every time that they start walking with the Ark, Moses has to say, Rise up, Lord. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. And whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. I don't like this phrase. I don't like him saying countless thousands of Israel because that's like me saying I had countless two friends in high school. <laughs> uh, mine, mine, uh, which you're always shitting on, but uh, he says, return Lord, stupid. to the many thousands of Israel. Well, it says countless in my Bible and my dad likes your Bible. So if you want to be on his team, that's yeah, up to that's you. that's where I'm at. <laughs> hmm. I like the it way he refers to raccoons. Um, in the Hebrew word, which is, uh, Rebaha, Rebabha, which is where it says many in your Bible mm. means abundance, myriad, many, oh, million, many. multiply 10,000. Oh, so it. it means 10,000. So I don't know. To the 10,000 thousands of Israel. Basically every single word in Hebrew can mean like 10 different things. Oh, so well, then you're fucking whatever, Bible whatever you want. Okay, great. Whatever you want to worship, whatever you want to worship, whatever, however you want to do your Bible thing, you just got to go to the Hebrew version, which is completely, completely ambiguous and roll with that. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Uh, and that's the end of Numbers 10. That's as far as we'll get. <sighs> and that was plenty, may I add. I think it's interesting that, like, at least for Numbers 10, it's like, okay... It, it, to me, it's kind of fucking trippy to think of God living in a box. Like, isn't that kind of a weird yeah. way to think about it? <laughs> Especially since every youth pastor these days says, don't put God in a box. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like he's like, and then there's this fucking uh, cat, bo- you know, it's a child. It's the size of a child's coffin. And they're like, and then we open up, okay, God, you're free now. Go and scatter the enemies. And then when they stand down, he's like, all right, get back in your box, God, return. Get in here. <laughs> For context, and when a youth pastor would say that, I'm thinking like the kid in the wheelchair at youth group is like, I want to be a linebacker for an Alabama football team. And we all laugh at him, and he's like, don't put God in the box. <laughs> you don't put God, you don't tell God what to do. He could make him a linebacker. He could. We're like, no, he is severely crippled, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he could make him a linebacker, and you're like, but he's not going to, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I 100% uh, God in- I mean... So Maybe if, if he, God's so, an Auburn fan. So when he doesn't, we agree God doesn't care about this cripple. And he's like, yeah, I mean, he could. He's just not going to. He just doesn't give a shit. God is all-powerful, yeah. all-knowing. He knows your cries. But no, you will never walk again. I guarantee it. 
Well, the reason is because that kid's great-great-grandfather touched a rock hyrax. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sins of the father, buddy. Yep. Sorry, pal. Sorry, buddy. <sighs> wow. Numbers. So we got – that was so numbers, I feel like. Like, I, I think that's going to be the worst of numbers. Or at least numbers, I yeah. I pray to the God of numbers that it doesn't get any worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Repetitive uh, and, like, laws that we'd already talked about. Yeah. With – these weird little differences, you know, 25 years old, 30 it's so, years old. Who knows? It's odd because they're like, oh, these are the five books of Moses. But with how much they fucking overlap and cover the same territory and reference each other and then contradict one another, it just, just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, yeah. I don't just call it the one cobbled together bullshit of Moses, you know, if you ask me. That's yeah, what I call that it. is more polite. <laughs> it's more in keeping. Uh, <sighs> That's a mouthful. Uh, I I love Moses like going to Habab and be like, hey, you coming with us? And Habab's like, no, I'm good. I'm gonna go back to my uh, tents. <laughs> like you you've seen that we have an all powerful God living with us, and Habab's like, I've actually seen enough. Um, and uh, I'm still gonna go home. Like the one person who's got nothing, no skin in the game is like, no, I've seen this, and I don't want any part of it. Yeah, thanks, but definitely no thanks. Like, isn't that kind of weird a, that a... Hobab is is watching the Israelites and they're like, "Don't worry, all the blessings we've got, you'll get too." And he's like, "Pass." I yeah, I, I don't. The guy ha- he was he was an objective viewpoint, right? Right. So he wor- he knows the God, right? He's familiar, uh-huh. but he's seeing what's going on with these Israelites. And his instincts told him no. Yeah. Like, and he's... he got to wonder about and that. And he's an interesting character because he's not under contract with God. And you know what's funny is not only not only are they offering him the position of leading them when the cloud's already in charge, mm-hmm. but he's also the... Uh, his dad was the one that came up with the idea of like, wait, wait, Moses, you can't make every judgment call for 2.5 million people. <laughs> you need to like assign judges. You need to like break this up a little bit you know yeah it's it so they're like a they're like the magical negroes of the story sort of like <laughs> i was thinking like you bring them in when you need to like solve something kind of and uh, do you know who lou perlman is I'm not familiar. uh he was the manager for backstreet boys and instinct it was kind of like oh you know it's yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, a real that... fucking creep and he's like don't worry i mean i'll make you guys stars i'll take off your shirts and um, well, i like, mean I'm, you got to you gotta say. I mean, fucking instinct's great, but um, my point is, is like, it's like imagine like, uh, like JT is like, hey man, we're gonna go on tour. You should come with, and we we're gonna hang out with this little Perlman guy, and he's just like, no, I don't want any part of that. He's like, nah, nah, it's cool. He he, he bathes us. They're like, no, no, I don't want any. Give of that. you the ultimate scrub down. <laughs> Every time he feeds us, he'll feed you too. Yeah, I'm gonna go home actually. <laughs> I've have seen enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you gotta you gotta take that outsider's perspective with a little respect, you know. Like, yeah, it, guy that's was, why I was, that's why I think Hobab's so interesting. Of all the people in the Bible, for him to say "pass" is kind of a weird little nugget of truth in this thing. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Yeah, we definitely are, but it's fun. It's probably, it's probably <laughs> like, just there to show how good of a uh, negotiator Moses is. But I think it's interesting that uh, someone's living with God and is like, "No, nah, I'm gonna go home. I don't want none of this shit." That uh, I think is number six through ten, yeah. huh? I don't know. You got anything I feel else? Like we're nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> we like, are. I, don't know. I mean, I can't believe we're reading this, this is, shit. 
this is the most fun numbers I've ever been. Besides, obviously, I'll defer to calculator boobs. Uh, we're having a pretty good time. Uh, I, I don't know. I was thinking of your calculator boobs joke. I hate that fucking joke. Uh, uh, also, because I never really could figure out. Like, I remember they would, like, someone, maybe I could look it up now. I'm an adult. I don't know why. Like, it seems like something that would be a waste of my time. But I remember I was, like, at work, and I was talking to a guy about business. And this guy that everyone hated, the like, he was, like, the office clown as it say but he had nothing funny about him he just made funny noises and shit and he thought he was a fucking okay. goof but i remember i'm like hey yeah we gotta get that order in by this blah, blah. and i just feel like this large slap on the small of my back like really stung i'm like the fuck are you doing man he's like hey uh when you're finished no rush but can you come over here and you know whenever you're done i have it. i'm like okay well, that sounds important right, i gotta go let me go deal with this guy the guy's like hey so Dolly Parton goes into the office and she needs to get this. Blah, blah, and he's like typing it and then she had a 34D and blah, blah, and he's like, and that made her boobless. And I was like, fuck you to hell. Like, uh. I, was, <laughs> I was like, did you just pull me out of a meeting to do the boobless joke? And uh, fucking, oh, I'll be so glad when you're fine. I hope, I hope your wife leaves. I mean, you, you were, <laughs> okay. I didn't pull you out of a meeting of that. I, <laughs> like I remember I afterwards just... I was walking to my desk. I was like, I hope that he loses his job. And his wife goes to him and is like, by the way, I heard about your job. I just got an abortion. I don't want some loser's baby. That's how strongly I felt oh, man. about Do it you know afterwards. What? Do you know what you have to you know what you have to tell one day? What story you have to tell? Is that the the new daddy story? Oh, someday. Someday never, I think okay. probably. Uh, no, please. Right, well. Okay. Anyways, that's too much. We're inside baseball now. Um Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the big Ep three zero. Right, we're getting we're not middle aged yet, but we're pretty close. Um, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Revelations. If you want to send us an email, that's going to be irrevelationspodcast at gmail dot com. Cole, uh, what do you got for the people tonight? All right, well, happy Passover, everybody. Make sure you uh, stay inside and roast a lamb whole or whatever. Yeah. Po- I want some blood on your door frame. Yeah, lest you die. Um, lest- and if you yeast your bread, just kill yeah, yourself. Fuck you. <laughs> fucking fuck idiot. you. You, you, you fucking idiot. idiot. <laughs>